It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. You're back with us on Frontline Friday with my regular and special guest, Bridget Gleason. Bridget, how are you today? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you, Andy? Good, good, good. Warming up a little bit. We had a cold spell here in New York this uh, past weekend and minus 15 wind chill and, you know, things that are probably normal to other parts of the country, but it was cold. So it's nice to have it warm up a little bit. And you said the swing was quite dramatic yeah, from, yeah. <laughs> in just a couple of days. Yeah, 50, 60, maybe even 70 degrees swing in a couple of days. So yeah, it's still not summer, but it's... Uh, keeps things interesting for you. It keeps things interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. What it's doing is it's it's keeping all the bad weather until I get here. So I've been well, traveling a lot. I've been California a lot and other places. And so Snowmageddon, when I had the huge snowstorm a few weeks ago, I waited till I, very nicely and patiently till I got back in town to do that. And Same with the cold Andy? weather. Andy, yes. some may say that you're bringing it to the East Coast, so be careful. I'd be careful about that correlation. Yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, the doorman in my building accused me of that yesterday morning. It's like, hey, every time you come stay back. Stay away. Yeah, that's right. Every time you come back, you bring this bad weather with you. Stay away. Stay away. Yeah, yeah. Well, hmm. there's a solution to that, but I will talk about that another time. So today, I thought we'd talk about is a topic that had seen some interesting uh, blog post about, which was, are we setting up SDRs, our sales development reps, are we setting them up for failure? Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought it was a really interesting topic. I thought we should spend some time talking about this. Because it was triggered by a blog post I saw on um, Heinz Marketing website, a great website for people with good content if they want to check it out. And... It sort of resonated because I'd had my own experience with this. So you and I were at a conference last week. We we're at the same conference. I saw you speak. And, uh, you know, I stopped by a bunch of booths at the conference. And there was one booth in particular. I stopped by and I spoke to the sales rep and a young woman who was the SDR that was manning the booth for the day. And, you know, very specific about her, about with her, about what my interest was in being at the booth was just learning about them. And, you know, once she understood who I was, what my company does, she saw that I definitely wasn't a fit for, for what they had, though. Um, here, a week later, I get first a phone call and then an email from one of their other SDRs. And I assume they're using some sort of automated tool to, to trigger this. But it was just sort of interesting. It's two things. One is obviously there wasn't any internal communications between the sales rep that had spoken to me and had scanned my badge and the one that was assigned lead. And then secondly is, you know, if the person who had just, the SDR who called me had just looked, spent 30 seconds and looked at my LinkedIn profile, he would have seen I wasn't worth the time for the call or the email. So, so is that, that is an example, right? Of companies that somehow either through lack of training or lack of process or whatever, or just so much focus on quantity metrics that are, are they setting up their SDRs for failure? It's a good, it's a really good topic. And I would say 
in a lot of situations they are. I mean, your example is your example is a great one. And as I was listening to you, Andy, I was sort of running that through our own internal process here at Sumo Logic and what we require of our SDR team. And to call every contact and they attend uh, our booth at a trade show and to send them the email and to, uh, we're right now struggling a little bit that we've, we don't have the quantity of, of leads that we need. So we've got a lot coming in that's, that's like you, probably not well qualified, not someone worth reaching out to. And yet I'm sure our SDRs are still reaching out because that's what they're told to do. And I, just as you're listening, you know, I feel that I'm, I'm guilty with some of this. And I think this is a really great, great topic. And to think, how do we, how do we set them up for more success and hence the, the sales team and the company up for success? Well, I think that the part of the theory seems to be operating theory that we as we as a sales industry are operating in in this in this mode is that is that it's purely a volume thing. I mean, the writer of this blog post that I start off with referred to as sort of an analogy of of uh, what Russia did in World War II when they're fighting the invasion of the Nazi troops is that they just you know was, they just kept throwing manpower at it. And it was by sheer force of numbers, not technological advantage or industrial might or anything else. It was just the willingness to sacrifice people on the altar of a victory that that they were able to overcome. And he was sort of drawing an analogy to what we're doing in the sales development model these days. So it's just sheer volume. And if we have enough volume, we're going to get the growth out of it that we need. And it, Well, and that's true. We will, but there will be a lot of scorched earth, and it'll be very expensive. And you, you eventually, and we sort of alluded to this in one of our last conversations. Eventually, you you exhaust the customer base. Oh, you you do. It is a numbers game. I mean, is it in the long run, in the short term, in the short term? Yeah, throw bodies at it, throw resources at it, just do more of the same thing. It's going to be very expensive. You're going to burn out the SDRs, and you're you're going to burn out the customer base. And again, it's a short-term strategy. It's not a long-term strategy. And particularly with social media, that I mean, you see it on Twitter frequently. Can you tell the SDR team at XYZ Company to stop spamming me? <laughs> you you see it, and then or they'll send a note to the CEO, or they'll. I mean, we get it here sometimes also, but there, I'll tell you, Andy, there is, it's hard to believe, but it's true. It's why these blog posts get written, is that there is, uh, I don't want to call it prevailing wisdom, but a prevailing school of thought that let's just keep doing more of it. And we can make it work out on a spreadsheet that if it took, I think you and I were talking about this um, in our last episode, okay, if it takes seven touches, seven to ten touches in 2016 to get to somebody, all right, maybe in 2017 it'll take 15 touches. Go for it. 
and let's find tools that help us do more touches. I, I mean, ultimately, this is, it, it will be so interesting to see what happens here because it's not scalable. You can get a short-term win and at the, at the expense of um, individuals, both internal and external to the company. Yeah. I mean, so you, ironically, you're sort of at the top of the pyramid of uh, not just an organization, but a, a sort of a movement in terms of the software as a service sales model. Um, and so, you know, I find it interesting that, that we're, you know, we're still sort of perpetuating this and that it seems like the moment of reckoning is coming faster than people think. And it sort of starts with sort of the problem that this gentleman talks about in this blog post and the experience that I had is that, you know, at the SDR level, either through a combination of pressure from above or whatever, is this the fundamentals about personalization, about research, pre-call research, and so on, See, as much as they're preached, they're really not practiced. Yeah, it's... I'll tell you, just internally, even at a company like Sumo Logic, and we're not we're not unusual, is the SaaS sales movement is actually relatively young, and we don't think so because you and I have been in it, but it's relatively young, and you get sales executives and you get executive leadership that comes from more traditional sales organizations that are used to a different selling model. And what I think it is, Andy, is just a lack of understanding of how, uh, how the sales world, world, sales world has changed because of SaaS, the tools out there that can exacerbate the problem and I think so largely it's an education issue internally to get people on the same page around what best practices are because there's still sometimes SaaS companies that are, that are still internally, they operate and think like a very traditional, let's say, field organization. And I think that's where some of the disconnect, that's where some of the disconnect comes in. Because... Where's because because there's you, you've got maybe executive leadership that sees that, that doesn't get it and says we just they just need to do more of the same. Got it. Got it. And and again, we'll see where you and I spend our time on the on the the two coasts, east and west coast. They're they're a little bit more progressive, but I think you go to um, more traditional markets and companies will see a lot, lot, lot more of this. And I think this article that you're referencing is particularly interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I, um, I don't know. I think about, you know, this whole idea of you've got SDRs being pressured to make contact. And I think about it from the SDRs perspective, it's like, because I look back at my own, my own job, my own first, first job, which was Similar, except it was outside, right? I wasn't inside making 50 calls a day. I was outside making 30 to 40 cold calls a day. So not too dissimilar. And right. yeah, there was a process. I knew what we were supposed to do, but I knew enough after beating my head against the wall <laughs> to say, 
and maybe maybe the expectations for success are too low for SDRs. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe if the expectations for success were higher, is they'd have to think more for themselves and say, look, this process doesn't work because it's not scalable. Maybe we're, maybe, the, maybe that's the problem. Just just occurred to me. We're not asking enough of them. Maybe they shouldn't be setting up, you know, two appointments a day. Maybe it should be ten appointments a day. And if they had really forced themselves to think about what the process would be to have more success at what they're doing, that we'd start breaking out of the cycle of of getting these calls from unprepared reps and, and really wasted calls. You have to assume that if they're not prepping to call me, then they're not prepping to call anybody. Well, and I think that that's um, not doing the preparation. I mean, that's that's I don't care when that is that that doesn't when or who or where, that's just not acceptable. So I think that's largely a training issue. But it seems I, ramp it seems rampant though. It doesn't seem like I assume a lot of these companies are are training. I mean some maybe here's my idea. <laughs> here's an idea. Um I'm thinking about starting a hall of shame. Where I'm gonna start name having people give me examples with names of companies whose SDRs are making these types of calls. I mean, it's gotten to a point where I think maybe that's an idea where we have to is, is we'll start we'll start a public forum. We'll stop publicly sort of shaming companies who aren't training their SDRs to to do this. Okay, I think that's going to be a, a, a really huge <laughs> wall. Okay, we've got the Great Wall there. I think you're, you're, it's going to be a short, a littler wall if you do the ones that the companies that aren't doing that. I think, so I have a couple of thoughts on this. Oh, so positive One, reinforcement. So I have a wall of, a wall of fame and fame. we're going to give props to the companies that are doing it right. Okay, well, that's a better idea. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm much more in the fame versus shame camp, but that's just my own personal preference. So I have a couple of thoughts about, about this and how I see things even starting to shift in the SDR world is instead of measuring an SDR on calls and activities, measuring on results. What are the results we're looking for? And how, what, how, do, you, how do you get to those? So it, maybe it's qualified opportunities. Maybe it's pipeline generated. So looking more at the results as opposed to just the raw activities. I think that's one. Number two, we have to remember that the people in in these SDR roles, these are they're typically their first jobs. Mm-hmm. Not always, but oftentimes this is often an entry level position. With millennials also in particular, they don't stay at jobs long. I think it's less than 18 months. So it's hard to get a proficiency also, and you've got to train them quickly so that you can get the value out of them. So, or, and that sounds bad too, so that... <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yes. <laughs> well, and I, and I mean... So, uh, but I know what you I mean. mean. Part of it's true. Part of it's true is you sure. want them to be productive. That's a better way, is you want them to be productive before they move on to that next role. And you also want to teach them something in that 18 months. Well, and that's, that's a great point. That's, that's the point I want to I dive into. But actually, we're going to take a short break first and we'll, we'll come back because I want to dive into that in terms of how we, what we're trying to teach them and why. So we'll be right back with my guest, Bridget Gleason. Attention, sales leaders. Would you like to give your sales team the tools to drive more quality connects, scale their outreach, and spend more time selling? 
Well, you can with LiveHive. Get your ROI. Try it now at LiveHive.com forward slash ROI. That's LiveHive, L-I-V-E-H-I-V-E dot com forward slash ROI. Okay, we're back with Bridget Gleason of Frontline Fridays. We're talking about are we setting our SDRs up for failure? And Bridget was just making a great point about how we train them. So I wonder if one of the, yeah, there's a lot of turnover in SDR function. And I think that's always been the case in entry-level sales jobs, right? And people come in, they have no idea what sales is about. I mean, it's always been thus, right? They have no idea what sales is about. They get a chance to go out and, you know, you hope they persevere through the first six months to get through that sort of learning curve of understanding that, you know, sales isn't personal, that they understand rejection and, and, but people begin to, you know, they sort themselves out. Uh, during that period of time. So you expect a certain amount of turnover. But I wonder, too, whether you talked about we train people for the function, but we really don't train people for the career of being in sales. So in this early, early training, you know, how much time is spent talking about, okay, how do buyers make decisions? Yeah, throw that as an example, right? You know, how do we expose them to the psychology of of how people gather information and make decisions, which is knowledge is really important for everybody, but especially people in a sales job, you know, to understand that. And that gives them some broader context. And that's just one example, a broader context of of this career and this this playing field they're operating in and whether it's something that's that's suitable for them. And if you do more of that, then maybe they begin to think more for themselves. And that's that's really what I think is one of the problems in the SDR thing is we don't reward initiative we don't provide an incentive for individual initiative within that environment yeah i i do agree with you that that's that that's a big problem that the role is two things the role is narrow and so they are encouraged to focus on a get the appointment get the meeting get the demo get the call that they they are they're they've got blinders on and so to your point, how do they learn beyond that? How are they going to progress to how are they going to progress to the next level with with these uh, blinders on? I think the other piece of it is uh, I don't know how to say this delicately, but I think sometimes the tools can make them not have to think. And I think that's a problem is mm-hmm. that I don't want a tool that just does everything for them and, and the, the uh, messages are pre-written and it tells you exactly who to send it to. And that in a way, it, it, it allows them to be lazy in the role, which doesn't do them any favors. And I don't mean lazy in the sense that they're not doing other work, but, but there's a certain amount of thinking that goes into crafting the email and doing the research and thinking beyond just getting the appointment to your point what is the overall business environment that this prospect is operating under that would be very useful yeah i think it's and, the, and i think it's the difference between just doing the job versus trying to succeed yeah and and, and i think to your point andy who would want to stay in sales if it's just so if it's so narrow, and I mean, I can't imagine that those individuals that are in an SDR role, if they don't have a manager or an organization that really wants to help them develop professionally, I can't imagine they'd have a very good first experience in sales, 
Or they may just think, okay, I just got to do my time here so I can go on to a more interesting role. Yeah. Well, I mean, and at the conference we're at, the Sastra conference, I mean, on more than one occasion, you know, there's this open acknowledgement that, and I'll, this is a quote that, you know, and being an SDR, this is brutal work, quote unquote, brutal work. And, you know, it's, it shouldn't be, right? It doesn't mean it shouldn't be hard and demanding, but describing it as brutal, I mean, hey, I, you and I both early in our careers went out and made a ton of cold calls on people and we uh-huh, didn't, we didn't have, and we didn't have the ability to make them warm calls uh, as oftentimes you have the ability with, with uh, an SDR function today. Yeah. We didn't want to do it our whole career. I mean, I mean, that was, we didn't want to be in that entry level job forever. And so part of our challenge was, I mean, I presume you didn't do it precisely the way that was prescribed and laid out for you in, in by your manager of the handbook. And I, my experience was none of the people that really succeeded and succeeded a lot did it that way. They all found their own way to succeed. That was different than it's still in compliance, but different with what, you know, the standard that was laid out. And so I find that, you know, this whole idea, let's say of, of, uh, uh, personalization, right. That was talked about in, in, in the conference and several of the sessions, but, you know, SDRs, they've got tools that can, they can personalize this email. It's like, yeah, just putting the person's name in, you know, that doesn't really constitute personalization. Right. If they can't spend time to research the person, whether they're even a suitable fit, really what level of personalization of the messaging is really taking place? Yeah, that is such basic. Uh, that's basic personalization. And it can be done by a tool. Right. Like there's nothing about that that is relevant. So I think so. I think it's personalization and relevance combined that are important yeah. So how, how, at the end of the day, you know, how do you balance the quantity and the quality demands? Cause right now there's not really a demand for quality. There's just a demand for quantity. I mean, there's lip service given to quality, but in my work with companies, very few of them really have a conscious focus on quality and improving the effectiveness of the SDR function in a way that's just not really relying on doing more. Well, I think it, when you think about the importance of a really tight sales and marketing alignment, I think it starts all, it starts all the way back with marketing. And if marketing is able to to deliver more qualified leads, Mm -hmm. that will enable the SDRs to, and, and fewer of them. I'd rather have fewer that are high quality that an SDR can spend some time on doing both the personalization night and figuring out where there's some relevance. So I would say that's that's one. I, I think without bound teams is having, a, again, same thing, the focus on let's see what we can do about having, doing doing less, but getting a better conversion rate, a better conversion rate from be it MQL or... Uh, target to opportunity, and then a better a, a better conversion rate from opportunity to close. But I think the focus. I think we will see, Andy, the focus shift to quality over quantity. I think we have to. I think people are fatigued with the quantity and just the volume of things coming at them, and it and it's much easier than ever before to filter 
to not answer and caller ID and just uh, spam filters in your inbox, it's easier to filter them out. And the only ones that are, are going to get through are the ones where there is some connection and there's some relevance and there's something that stands out that leads me to believe, huh, this might be interesting to me. Because I think what we're, we're doing is we're training prospects to ignore us because there's so much junk that comes over and, and solicitation that is, is not relevant at all to me or what I do or who I am or the role that I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. And I, I think you're right. I mean, I think that it's, it's going to become this next revolution in sales is how do we effectively shift, shift the, the model from scorched earth, as you talked about before to, you know, much more targeted. How do we, how do we, what do we use from a, and it could be a technology. What do we use from a data supported. I really think this is where the data comes in. How do we use the data to help us formulate messages and outreach in a way that are more effective and breaking through the noise than what we currently have today? Yeah. And I think it's that combination of data and what a human does with it. And that's what I would hope to see in the SDR function is that data will help them to do their jobs more effectively and that it will be a more interesting job than just sort of a, a robot calling, 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 calling. Yeah. I think it'll be more interesting and will enable them to apply some of their critical thinking skills on, huh, what, what, what is the business environment potentially for this prospect? And could what I, what my company offers be a good match given what I've learned about them and the challenges that this individual may be having. Right. Great. Well, it was a great way to great way to sum it up. So I want to thank you for being on the show again today and appreciate everybody joining us today. And uh, we'll be back next time with another episode with my guest, Bridget Gleason on Frontline Friday. Have a great, uh, great rest of the day, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.